What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Friday, June the 4th, and we're going to break down the top triplets in the NFL with Jared Dubin. Also in the feed, a top 100 discussion with Pete Prisco and a top 25 under 25 with Cody Benjamin. If you're watching on YouTube, like the video, smash the like button. It really, really helps us get discovered. Hit that like button and tell us what's your top triplet, maybe top three triplets in the league are right now. Also, go behind Sir Alex Ferguson's rag to riches upbringing in Scotland, the difficult sacrifices he made within his family, and his triumphs and failures in soccer in Sir Alex Ferguson Never Give In. Directed by his son Jason, the documentary recounts the most important stories of Ferguson's life, both in and out of football. Stream it now exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it for free. Dubs. You did it again. You ranked the triplets one through 32. What's up, buddy? How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. How about you? I'm doing great. Look, we are the triplets. For those who don't know, we're talking about the quarterback, running back, and best pass catcher uh, for every single NFL team. Who has the best? Who has the worst? Um, if you The Texans are the worst. That shouldn't be surprising to anybody. The Lions, I guess Jared Goff drags them down there, 31. 30, the Broncos. Imagine where they would go uh, if, you, if you added Aaron Rodgers there. Jets at 29. Dolphins at 28. Pats at 27. Ugh, Pats are kind of gross, too. Eagles catering to Debo at 26. Bears with Andy Dalton at 25. Trevor Lawrence at, uh, and the Jaguars at 24. And then you have Carson Wentz and the Colts at 23. Sam Darnold and the Panthers at 22. Which one of these teams, like, outside of the, the bottom? And then the bottom tier, could you see maybe making a, uh, like, surprising you and making a leap forward uh, into the upper echelon of the triplets after 2021? Um, so, I mean, any of the rookies, I would think, have the potential to lift their teams up, obviously, just if they outperform the usual expectation of what a rookie quarterback is, which is generally pretty bad. Um, I, I also want to note that we went back to the original triplets format this year where everybody from the CBSSports.com NFL crew that decided to participate, which some notable people, I'm not going <laughs> to name names, Perhaps they host the Pick Six podcast, and the I, day I actually, after I actually the tried first... to participate. I tried to participate. I was like a day late. <laughs> yeah, perhaps the day after the first ranking went up, the host of this podcast was like, "How do I fill this out?" After being gently reminded three times in the previous several days, the host of this it. podcast is 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 drowning in end of year school stuff. My, my yeah. <laughs> so basically, everybody ranks every uh, all the teams from one to thirty two, and then we just use the average of those rankings. And um, so I was surprised, honestly, that the that Debo's Eagles were twenty six. I mean, I only had them a couple spots higher. But I mean, Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, Dallas Goddard is pretty good. You know, like maybe if Devontae Smith takes over as the top pass catcher and is a really good as a rookie, as a wide receiver, then that could, you know, raise them up. And, you know, you would imagine like, you know, the Bears are 25. If Justin Field takes over and looks good, then you would imagine they would rise too. But we only used rookie quarterbacks if like we know they're going to open the season as the starter. So Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson are the quarterbacks for the Jags and the Jets. But Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, and Jimmy Garoppolo are the quarterbacks for the uh, the Bears, the Patriots, and the 49ers. Um, so any of the, the rookies have the possibility, the capability, obviously, of lifting their teams up. And then I think like 
you know, we talked last week about the NFC South. Like if Sam Darnold is closer to what you could see him being as opposed to what I think he is now, then they could rise up. And then obviously the Colts, if Carson Wentz sort of recaptures 2017 and somehow, you know, looks like four years ago, which he hasn't looked like in four years, then you would figure they would rise too. Yeah, that's a good call. And it's possible that we also see rookies emerge at other spots. Like you have Michael Carter listed as the Jets, you know, starting running back. And I'm perfectly fine with that. You know, for the Broncos, uh, it's Melvin Gordon. We could see a Javante Williams pop up and have a have a monster, um, you know, monster season. All of a sudden he's involved there. And I think, you know, for the Dolphins who are at 28, maybe it's Jalen Waddell, uh, which you note in the piece, you know, he figures to emerge as the team's number one pass catching option at some point, but maybe not right away. And if he if he's a superstar which they obviously think he could be if they drafted him sixth overall, then all of a sudden, you know, Gaskin, not, not, a, not a monster, but you know, when you add Gaskin, pretty and, good. Yeah. I mean like, but the running back, I, I you know, I think obviously the, it, you know, the weight, the weight is what the weight is, but you know, I, I don't, I don't mind Gaskin as, as your number one running back. If you have a stud at, at, at quarterback and a stud at wide receiver, I do think that the Colts and the Panthers are, would be my favorite bounce back options just because, uh, and maybe uh, maybe um, either Paris uh, Paris Campbell or Michael Pittman could could you know break out in 2021 and all of a sudden T.Y. Hilton's not your number one. Jonathan Taylor looked awesome at the close of last year. Carson Wentz has a bounce back season. Sam Darnold has a bounce back season. I think you could see either one of those teams uh, jump up there. The 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 49ers are interesting. I, I feel like the 49ers get a little bit dinged because their pass catchers are all awesome, but not, you know, like Brandon, Ayuk and Debo Samuel are really good. They have a great group of pass catchers. So they're Kittle, clearly the number one guy, but it, it, you know, you get, you lose a little bit by not being able to count all those pass catchers in there. Right. That was more of, you know, the offensive infrastructure rankings that we did earlier in the off season right. where, you know, they got, you know, obviously more credit for having Kittle Debo Ayuk. Um, and then like, they don't just get credit for most They've got other guys on the, in the running back core. And then obviously they have a good offensive line and they have Kyle Shanahan. So they benefited from that as opposed to here where, you know, it's, it's also tough. Like, I don't know how much, you know, the other writers weighted certain positions. Like I tend to count, you know, the wide receiver and the pass catcher more than the running back. Like, right. You know, so for me with, you know, um, like. Carson Wentz and T.Y. Hilton matter more to me for the Colts ranking than Jonathan Taylor does, for example. Um, so that that led to me ranking them a little bit lower, I think. And then with the rookies, like so Michael Carter, there's just nobody in his way, really, to be the running back for the Jets. He's already, I saw um, from some of the Jets beat writers, you know, working with the ones in in minicamp um, or sorry, in OTAs. So for him, I think it's much more appropriate to have him as the Jets running back here than it is to have Javante Williams, who I think will probably end up taking over for Melvin Gordon by the end of the season. But you would think at the start of the year, it's not just going to be all Javante all the time. Melvin Gordon's still going to be pretty heavily involved. So in, in cases where we know that the guy is going to be the number one, then we use the rookie. And in cases where we don't, I defer to, to using the veteran. Um, and we'll see that come up later in the list too, when we get to, the Bengals where I had Jamar <laughs> chase as the top pass catcher because like Joe Burrow is going to throw to Jamar chase. Like that's the whole reason they drafted him. 
Right. Exactly. And uh, I would look at the final two guys, uh, final two guys, final two teams on this first part list. You can read both of these lists at CBSports.com. At 18, you have the Giants. And, and then when I say you have, I, of course, mean that you know the, the, the consensus rankings put the Giants at 18. You noted it feels like this group is ranked too highly. And then the Falcons at 17. Julio Jones was the guy that people ranked, which maybe changes things. Calvin Ridley still a very good player. But you point out Matt Ryan hasn't played a Julio less season since 2010, so it'll be a big adjustment for him as well. I would say if Julio Jones is in fact traded, both the Giants and the Falcons feel uh, far higher than they should be just because I have concerns about Ryan without Julio. I have concerns about Daniel Jones in general. Maybe he breaks out, but it feels like Saquon may be getting a little too much love there. Yeah, I think that a lot of it is Saquon for sure. Um, But Kenny Galladay obviously is a good player too. Um, but it's it's not like we've seen anything from Jones that would lead you to believe he's going to lead like an average-ish offense this year, which is sort of where right. this group ranks. Um, I actually think that Atlanta might still be too low if we're just grading like the triplets. Like Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley is still quite good. That's fair. And I I just don't care that much about Mike Davis. Like he also produced like ninety percent of Christian McCaffrey in. In a, yes, he did in Carolina last year. Like he was, he was quite good. Um, so I, I was somewhat surprised that Atlanta wound up in the bottom half of the groups, especially when you look at the teams around them. Like they don't seem to fit with like the Giants and Washington and San Francisco. Like it, it seems like they should be somewhat of a step above that. But then you know you look at the the actual average rankings. Like it, it does seem like there's a tier of separation between the Jaguars at 24 and the Colts at 23 because the Jaguars average ranking was 25th and the Colts average ranking was 21.6. So there's a big separation there. And then you get, you know, the, the Colts, Panthers, Steelers, Niners, football team, and giants is another tier. Um, And then there's sort of a break between the giants and the Falcons, but we ranked the bottom half. So the Falcons wound up included with them. Gotcha. And, Look, when you switch over to the top half, you have the Raiders at 16 and the Saints at 15. You know, I think this is where your point about how people rank these comes into play. For instance, mm-hmm. the, um, you know, like the Saints have Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, and that is very intriguing from uh, if you're if you're ranking everything equal. They also have a mm-hmm. giant question mark at Jameis Winston, who, as we pointed out on the NFC South podcast, we don't know who their quarterback is. Are you, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, are you definitely taking the Saints offense over the Falcons offense? Or do you think that was maybe a mistake that came about because of the consensus rankings? Yeah, I mean, I can't remember exactly where I had the two ranked, but I know that I listed Jameis as the Saints quarterback. And knowing me, I'm going to say that I had them lower than most people um, just because A, like he turns the ball over way too much for my liking and B, he went to the worst school in the country. So I'm inherently biased against him in the first place. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I do think that they wound up a little bit high, um, especially like we just don't know really who the quarterback is. And I couldn't say like choose Jameis or Taysom like we had to include one of them. So yeah. Yeah. And if it, if it was Taysom Hill instead, I wonder if the saints are, move down the list or people are just too attracted to Kamara and, and, and Michael Thomas, you know, the Raiders, same deal. Like I'm probably taking the Falcons over the Raiders. 
in terms of the triplets, but I, I can see how Darren Waller, jo- you know, the name value of Josh Jacobs. And then it's like, all right, Derek Carr is good enough to make it work. Yeah. And I mean, Darren Waller is just awesome too. Like, yeah, he's best great. non Kittle or Kelsey tight end in the league. I think pretty clearly. Uh, and he's still pretty underrated too. Like he makes plays down the field. He gets in the end zone, gets a lot of first downs. Some of that is because obviously, you know, Carr threw downfield more, last year than in previous seasons, but he still prefers to target shorter and more over the middle, which obviously is going to lead to him targeting Waller more often. But, you know, I, I, I guess now that I look at it like 17 to 14 with the Falcons, Raiders, Saints and Bengals is one tier that's like just yeah. below the top. And then because there's a break, the Bengals average ranking was 14.9. And they came in 14th and the Titans average ranking was 11.4 and they came in 13th. So there's a bit of a break there too. And then you get like the Titans, Cardinals, Browns, Rams, Ravens, Bucks is like the just below the top tier. I right. Guess. I was actually going to point out that out with the Titans. I think that's fascinating because I keep looking at this. I keep wanting to really like the Titans. And then I keep looking at the Titans depth chart and, and being like, man, if something happens to AJ Brown, they are in deep. I'm still two. surprised that in this version, like you know, the offensive infrastructure rankings, I can see dinging them for yeah. not having quite. They as should much be depth. higher than 13th. Honestly. They should be higher than 13th. I had them in the top 10. Um, I think it's just still like it's anchoring to previous expectations of Ryan Tannehill. I think, yeah. I think where people right. don't really buy him as the guy that he's been for the last two years and. I'm surprised, frankly, that like, you know, we've seen other teams where the running back sort of drags up the ranking. I'm surprised that didn't happen really with Derrick Henry, who has been the best running back in the league for the last two years. Uh, I was pretty surprised that the Titans did not wind up in the top 10 for this. I think you can even make the case. I mean, I, I'm looking at three, four and five here as we sort of move up the board a bit. I mean, Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson. Awesome. Russ Wilson, Chris Carson, DK Metcalf. Awesome. Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott, Amari Cooper. Awesome. But I think the Titans compare favorably with that, with Tannehill, Derrick Henry, and A.J. Brown. I mean, eight, you know, I mean, like you're taking Russ over Tannehill, but you're definitely taking Derrick Henry over Chris Carson. And I think DK Metcalf and uh, and, and um, A.J. Brown are fairly comparable. And then Dak, Zeke, Amari, I, I get I get why they're up there. You know, you could even use C.D. Lamb if you wanted to, or, or Michael Gallup. I mean, I don't think that's yeah, impossible. Yeah, I think the Cowboys are another one where, so they actually, I think they came in either third or fourth in the offensive infrastructure rankings that we did earlier in the offseason. Right. But it's surprising because their their strength at wide receiver is their depth, but also all three guys are really good. So you could use any of them and they still benefit here. I, I do think that people are giving Zeke a little bit too much credit. Uh, too- he just was not good last year flat out tony pollard's been better than him in each of the last two years um like i'm i'm as a cowboy fan i'm worried about the the next few years of zeke elliott's contract but (laughs) that doesn't really count for for these rankings um but yeah i mean like i i was surprised at how high the the vikings rank cousins cook jefferson but then you look at it and it's like they have pretty much the same ranking as the the they're 6.1 the chargers are 6.9 and the bills are seven like those really could have been in any order i think that the bills appropriately were dinged among that group for having you know the worst running back of the trio when you look at the other positions are pretty comparable like 
Zach Moss or Devin Singletary, whichever one you want to use, is not coming close to Austin Eckler or Dalvin Cook. So even if you think, you know, Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen compare favorably with Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, or Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, it makes sense. I think that they wound up, you know, last of that trio. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. It's interesting with the Bucks and the Bills who are, you know, the Bucks are the face Super Bowl champions, loaded roster, and the Bills in the AFC Championship game. You could see them winning the Super Bowl. It wouldn't shock anybody. I, I'm on record as saying I love their over 10 and a half wins or 11 wins. Um, but, you know, with Moss and Ronald Jones, you want to go Leonard Fournette or you want to go Devin Singletary, whatever. I mean, there's just, it, it, it feels like a lot of weight is being put. This is, it's just weird how, like, in this case, I'll, so much weight is being put on that quarterback uh, and, and that wide receiver combo. Yeah, and I think the the Bucks are a team that um, what's the opposite of benefit? They <laughs> uh, suffer. on that word. Yeah, they suffer from not being able to include all of their pass catchers. Yeah, like, for sure. If, yeah, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Brown, Tyler Johnson, Jalen Darden. Like, that's a lot better than just Mike Evans or just Chris Godwin, whichever one you want to use. And then, obviously, like the strength of their offense, the best part of their offense might be the offensive line. And that's not included here. So that's why they might come in a little bit lower than you might think. Whereas a team like Minnesota can rank higher because they're, uh, it doesn't matter what their offensive line is, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's just a matter of how people weight things. Also, I do think that at the top, it seems like the quarterbacks just got the most deference. Like, you know, it's, it's not like Clyde Edwards Alaire did a whole lot last year, you know, right. or, or looked like, anything special, but the chiefs have Mahomes and Kelsey. So they wound up second and, and, and didn't even get it. You know, like with the chiefs, with the Packers at one Rogers, Jones, Adams, I think, I mean, clear, you know, clearly if, if Rogers is gone, the Packers fall. Yes. I mean, uh, down to the bottom five. I yeah. I mean, if Jordan love is in there, like they might be in the bottom 10. Like. Yeah, for sure. But with Rogers there, I mean, they are clearly the number one triplet. Even even if the depth isn't that great in in terms of uh, Green Bay's pass catchers, to me that those three guys are the very obvious number one. Yeah. See, I uh, I still had the Chiefs at number one because I okay. just care way more about the, the quarterback. quarterback and pass catcher um, than the running back. And like, I'll still take Mahomes over Rodgers. And I think that Kelsey and Adams is like pretty much a wash just in terms of how dominant they are respected to their positions. Like. So, so I still had the Chiefs, but I had the Packers number two. So it's not like I had them much further behind. And they were sep- they were not separated by very much. Like the Chiefs' average was one point nine, and the Packers' average was one point six. So it was very close. And they were, you know, a little bit ahead of the Cowboys, who their third and their average was three, and the Seahawks were fourth and their average was four point three. So you know, there was a little bit of a separation between those guys in the top two. The uh, the two guys at nine and ten, the Rams and the Ravens, I, I find very interesting. I feel like either one of those teams could end up in I don't know about top three, but top five for sure. If as as you point out in in the article, you know, with the Rams, if all goes well, this ranking who are ten, if all goes well, this ranking will look low by the end of the season. It is fascinating too, though, how how much Matthew Stafford take Matthew Stafford out of Detroit. And everybody's like, Oh, we love Stafford. I mean, people have been killing him for years. And then Lamar Jackson, who, you know, had, didn't have an MVP season last year, was still really good. Yeah. I mean, Lamar for having such a horrible year that people freaked out about all season, like yeah. he finished 
eighth in QBR last year and 13th in EPA per pass attempt. Like if that's his floor, that dude is really, really good. Um, (laughs) And obviously he adds so much value with his legs in addition to that, you know, Um, I I think it's interesting. There was essentially a tier there with the, the Titans, the Cardinals, the Browns, the Rams, the Ravens and the Bucks. They were all separated by like, not very much. That's like six teams all grouped together where they could have really been ranked anywhere from not or from eight to 13. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I think that the Browns get dinged a little bit because the best part of their like triplets is their running back duo. And yeah. you only get to count one of Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt. Um and then obviously you don't get to count their offensive line here, which is actually the actual best part of their offense. I think that the, the Cardinals could move up. They're at 12 right now. If Kyler Murray takes a step forward um, and Chase Edmonds like plays like he did last year when he was splitting time with Kenyon Drake, but now he's sort of more of the full-time guy, though, although I guess James Conner will be working in there too. But I think the, the Cardinals could take a step forward. They could also take a step back if Kyler plays – doesn't improve you know like if he just keeps going the way he's been for his first two years i think people are gonna reconsider what they think of his ceiling if that makes sense yep for sure um all right excellent stuff we blitz through the, we blitz through no break quick podcast as i reschedule my entire life yeah. around and uh, i just want to know cool. people can take a look at the the full rankings on the website as well. Yeah. Go to cbsports.com. Make sure you look at them. It's a two part thing. Uh, but uh, Dubin has an excellent breakdown of, of each triplet and it, it's going to be fascinating. Uh, and there's links in the description of the podcast episode as well. If I had to pick a couple, uh, I'll say that uh, Rams and Titans end up climbing this list by this time next year. That's my prediction. Yeah. I, I think that the the Rams is a good call. I think that the chargers could move into the top five too. If Herbert, yes continues on a progression that he had from last year um and the bills if just if Allen and Diggs are just so overwhelmingly good that you know whether zach moss or devin singletary as a running back doesn't really matter yeah um and then if lamar takes a, a step forward as a passer i think you could see the ravens move up too all right i dig it thanks as always buddy good stuff follow him at ja dubin5 on twitter we'll talk to you soon pal